Hey, it's me, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Hey, you gotta listen to the Those Wrestling Girls. They're awesome, baby. Hey, everybody, what's up? We're back. It's Those Wrestling Girls. It's your girl, Krista B. And Queen PR. And today, I think we can safely say that this is the kickoff to our Golden Era summer, spring summer I think series. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. definitely. I mean, because, you know, we were born in Attitude Era, so Attitude Era is everything to us. But who are we to be? talking about women's wrestling when when we don't start from like the very beginning which was right. like golden era. i mean we could definitely go back to the 50s and 60s and we probably would touch on that somewhere along down the line but right now we're in the golden era of women's wrestling and so you know we had to start with the queen yeah the queen herself miss elizabeth yeah she's like it, queen. it would be what's the word i'm looking for it would be wrong Wrong really wasn't the word. I was trying to find like a really more SAT vocabulary word, but whatever. Yeah. But I <laughs> mean, you got to touch on Miss Elizabeth. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So before we do that, of course, you know, we do our check-ins. And now P has this thing where you guys in the Twitterverse can ask us anything. Yes. So I want to do the ask us anything first before we do the check-ins. I feel like the oh, ask us anything is so definitely like. Yeah, since it's new. Okay, since it's new. I kind of want to find like a little like jingle or something. We got to ask like our musician friends. Like, can you make us a, a jingle for XTWG? Ask, yeah. ask TWG anything. Yeah. I was I was inspired by the Bellas because they did a, they do like an Ask Bella. Um, and they do like, they're like um, pour up or whatever it was called. Pop the bottle, pop, pop yeah. that, pop that top. Yeah, or something. Yeah. And I, I always thought that was cool. So I think I'm inspired by the Bellas too because. Hey. Oh, actually, I got me some wine. You should have got you some wine. Sis. I really should have. Maybe when we go, when we go and come back, you'll have your glass of wine. Yeah. And we did Thirsty Thursday last night while we're, record, we're recording this the day after. And I was definitely hungover. And it was one of our most successful Thirsty Thursdays. So I definitely want to shout out everyone that tuned in, all of our guests, Bakey, of course. We love you, baby. We love you, girl. Um, and yeah, that was just like an amazing one, but XTWG is fun. Cause I really want it to be about anything. Like I don't necessarily want this to be about wrestling. Like I think it's really fun. And I think like, I also love getting your like reactions to things. So I think it's fun to reach out to our like viewers and, and stuff and be like, ask us anything. So please use the hashtag AskTWG. And we will literally answer anything. Answer anything. Anything, anything. So we're going to keep it light for the first one. Um, and it is from at the underscore Jermaine on Twitter. Thank you for submitting a question. And he says, how much sugar is too much sugar in Kool-Aid and tea? Hashtag T ask TWG. Okay, so growing up black, right? <laughs> if you... How can I put this? Because you don't want to put too much sugar in it to where your your Kool-Aid mixture comes out like a syrup. Yeah. Like that's just a little, but I mean, half the bag is kind of okay. Half the bag of sugar? Yeah, I mean, all right, I'm exaggerating. Okay, but so like, maybe, what are we talking like pitcher? If it's like a big pitcher. Yeah, Kool-Aid. okay, gotcha. A big pitcher, like I'm gonna say half a bag of sugar in a cup. Just, <laughs> you trying to have a sugar rush, a sugar shock, sugar, you're going to try to be in some type of sugar state. Like, mm-mm. but if you have a big picture of, of Kool-Aid, you know, everybody had that big picture of Kool-Aid and they favor, they favor flavor was red, AKA cherry. And oh, cherry. Number right. One. And you put probably about like, and, and use the, the big spoon to stir it. So a big spoon, probably like four or five, six spoons of that big spoon mm-hmm. in it but it got to taste just right like you can't taste them you can't want to like pour it in a cup and taste yeah. it and taste the little sugar grains like you got to mix no, it no, in no. just also, right you really got to put that you really got to put your right and like you got to make sure you got the right spoon there's always right that spoon. one spoon in the house that you use that you use your mixing spoon you always got right. your mixing spoon exactly i can't even tell you the last time i've even drank kool-aid or even had kool-aid but I would say I don't. I would say you definitely gotta put a good amount in. I don't remember it, like you would eyeball it. My mother always made the best Kool Aid at one point in my life. Um, but I remember like it can't be too too sweet, but it has to be sweet. 
It has to be sweet. Because it's be too very sweet. offensive, right? It's right. very offensive when you, be... when, you, when you sip, like, Kool-Aid and it's, like, not sweet enough. It's just, like... It's like, who, it's like you want who sugar made this? Who let you make the Kool Aid? Like you can't come to the cookout for two. You can't come to two cookouts. You want yes, you're on probation. You're on probation. You, you can't come to two sugar in the Kool Aid. Uh, you know what? Just thinking about drinking Kool Aid and thank you at the underscore Jermaine for sending in this question is that it's very nostalgic. Like I'm thinking I can taste Kool Aid right now, but and it just reminds me of like a simpler. Time a simpler time. Life. The 90s was the best. We really grew up in the best we era. We grew up in say. the best era ever. Like the 90s was the best. I feel like he I feel like this one had more questions. Let's let's see what the another question. Oh, is. you want more questions? Okay. Yeah, I want, I want a little oh, bit let more. Me see, let me see. Um, all right. I, I'm I'm gonna ask this one because I think it's really cool. At Cami D. Our friend Cammy. Um ask, hashtag AskCWG. Any major goals for the podcast in the future? Any specific wrestlers you hope to interview? Mm. Well, of course, we want to you know expand those wrestling girls as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we will want it to be syndic maybe syndicated. Maybe we get some Ooh. syndicated plays, be on some type of radio networks. Um as for wrestlers, we want to interview everybody in the world. I like, know. I really <laughs> want to just pick everyone's brain. And this I think one right here, The Rock. Oh God, well, that would be amazing. Rock, God. Becky, Taker. Make it happen. Uh, P got Stone Cold on her wall. Oh look, uh, and I got my one of my favorite Stone Cold shirts on today from WWE Shop. Shout out to Mimi. She is a sweetheart. It was a gift. We were on a three sixteen panel on wrestling wind down and she gifted all the girls on the panel a stone cold shirt and I oh, that's cool yeah. i should have got an honorable mention one but it's fine oh it's okay because I mean, once we have a brahma bowl person i'm gonna say once we have a brahma bowl brahma bowl uh most electrifying <laughs> in sports entertainment panel then it's fine but no we love mimi yeah, absolutely yeah. um i do want to and I feel like we spoke to her a lot of times, but just to have to have her on the show one day, Big Swole, she's I would family love to the show. To have Big Swole on there, um, that would be amazing. You know how I really want to interview yeah. RVD. Oh, first I of all, like we, we have to light something on that episode. I'm I sorry. Feel, since I feel like RVD would be like that 420 episode. Although, oh my like, god, let's past, put that like, in the universe, please. Like 420 I RVD, will, those wrestling like, girls. I like. can. The wrestling gods have been really good to me lately in the last like, couple months. Between the indie shows and like like from Big Swole's promo at Battle Club Pro. All the way to like WrestleMania, Stone Cold, like on all levels, it has been amazing to me. I have, as far as the people and the love that has been in my life, just even just recently, just because of wrestling, is like so dope. Right, but so I would love RVD, okay. to like smoke with RVD. Like that's like the last thing, not the last thing, not but the like last I thing. just imagine, like just imagine that happening. And now I feel like that can like actually happen. But more people than wrestlers, I want to interview. I want to interview more people that's like in the back end of wrestling. Like I love listening to all of Comrade Thompson's podcast, especially with Bruce Pritchard, because you hear the perspective of like someone that worked purely back, not purely backstage, because he was an on-screen character too. But you hear a you know different perspectives, and you have Jr.'s perspective. Like I like listening to like the SummerSlam 2000 episode of Bruce Pritchard's podcast with Conrad. And then you listen to that same pay-per-view podcast with JR. And it's like from two completely different perspectives. And then you listen to like a wrestler perspective, like Jeff Jarrett. And it's like, oh my God, this is so interesting. But like, they don't really put the same attention to like things that happen with the women in that context. So I would love to interview like um, Serena Deeb about like her time, like as a coach Mm -hmm. or Molly Holly now as a producer, like I would love to pick her brain or like um, Tyson Kidd about like producing all these women. I would love to interview Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd is like an unsung hero in WWE. Amazing. An unsung hero, but I, I, you know, he can't listen to my, um, my rants about Natalia though, because he went up there. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's heard it all. And it's not like I'm not trying to. Sh- I would never shit on Natalia because she does a lot. I just feel like when you posted that throwback Thursday of us and you were talking about Natalia's career, mm-hmm. nothing has changed for me since, <laughs> and that's bad. 
maybe she's just not for me. Okay. Maybe she's just not for me. You know, yeah. she's a she's great at what she does. She, you know, I'm loving this this um tag team that she's forming with Shayna Baszler. That's you know, cool. but maybe she's just not for me. And that's okay. Like I would never sit here and, and shit on her and take and take anything away from her. But she's just not for me in that yeah. sense. No, I totally get it. Do you want to do one more and then we'll yeah. do our mental health check-in? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I swear to God, I did not plan this. Um, I scrolled down our Twitter, I searched the hashtag, and at Benji, shout out to Benji, he's family Hey, too. Benji. At Benji Calavera on Twitter, hashtag TWG, thoughts on the GOAT Natalia Neidhart being in NXT. I actually, we haven't actually talked about this, so I'm, I'm, thank you, Benji, for submitting that question. What are your thoughts? To be honest, I'm so upset that I turned up NXT on Tuesday, mm-hmm. because I was getting really, really tired. But then I'm hearing that her and Cora Jade had like the most amazing yeah, match it was dope. It was dope. of the night. And I'm like, damn, but I do appreciate her going back to NXT, not just for her. Like, I feel like the superstars on the main roster now mm-hmm. going back to NXT are really doing something. Yeah. Like not even for themselves, but for everybody else who they're competing with, who they're, you know, um, not competing with, who they're training. We don't know what they're doing um the, the the Orlando Center when you know the cameras aren't there. So um Natalia going back and you know it, it's it's doing something. It's yeah, doing something. I like it. I always love to like and you know, we talk about Natalia all the time because I, I I and I always say like what I do like about her is like what she brings to like that next generation. Cause like that's what wrestling's all about. Like if somebody doesn't open it up to that next generation like it doesn't grow mm-hmm. and with women True. there's it's so far you know you have men coaches everywhere you know like but for someone like Natalia but like her knowledge and like she is and like there is no uh, there's no one else like Natalia Neidhart it's for her to have go back to NXT and like teach these girls these things and like have these matches and like have these moments is uh, I just, I love everything about it. Like, it's actually made me tune in to NXT 2.0. Cause I would, I would, I would love if Natalia just showed up every week and just had a match with like a different like person. And then just, you know, cause honestly, that's what they were using her for in the beginning, like with mm-hmm. Charlotte and, you know, and that kind of thing. So I love it. Um, she is a goat. She is not, you know, on screen character is not always the most, uh, she could, you know, She's natty. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was fun. I really like hashtag TWG. That's going to be a tongue twister. But That's I really like this. Be a so please send us questions. I know we said we weren't going to do a wrestler one, but I just thought it was funny that, that we were talking about Natalia and that was a Natalia question. We actually want to talk about more things in wrestling and we will literally answer anything. So tag us with the hashtag and we will answer your questions absolutely so um are you ready for our check-in um yeah sorry i'm looking because i think if this is true they released the lineup of the men's money in the bank ladder match oh oh my gosh oh so i'm just trying to see if it's true before i really um say it but i think that's it and what it's looking like is sammy zane seth rollins randy orton cody rhodes matt riddle and kevin owens or ken owens depending on who we get right (laughs) but i don't know if that's the lineup i feel like we can do some switching in and out but that's for another day mental health wise i'm great i'm in the good space um you were just traveling too. I was you? just traveling. I was just in Atlanta for CultureCon. A video I shot and produced myself with the help of Joe. He put the finishing, editing video touches on it for me because he's just amazing like that. 
is currently up on WVLS's website. Oh, and I'm so very cool. proud of myself. I'm very proud of We're myself. We're so happy for you. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. Like we said this year was going to be blessed, booked, and busy. Say that. Or book, book, busy, and blessed. And that's what exactly what we're doing. And I'm getting really excited because by the time this video comes out, it'll be one week until my brunch and panel, which I'm very excited oh. about. Getting the finishing touches done on that. Um, Love it. Yeah, I'm praying, staying prayed up. Praying, yep. making sure everything is stay, it. everything is aligned, and all that, I and hopefully it. my nail can grow back oh. by then because I broke my nail. It's such a tragedy. It hurts so bad. How are you? I am Thank actually you. really good as well. Like you said, I'm staying prayed up. Um, there's a lot going on, you know, but I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm very, I feel very secure. I feel very like, at like I'm, I'm still kind of like riding that like high from like mm -hmm. mania and I'm just just trying to ride that momentum and it's been good on like a professional front on a personal front like I love everything about it but I would love to so I thought it would be fun to um my good friend Brian H. Waters sent me some wrestling books y'all know I'm like wrestling books wrestling documentaries are probably my favorite in the entire universe and um, I don't know what books he sent me, so I thought it would be fun to open them. Do an unboxing? Yes. So I want some start. books. Like I read too. Yeah. I do oh read. I'm, I'm currently reading. Oh I'm currently God. reading *The Bluest Eye* by um Toni Morrison. Oh, nice! I can't believe. Oh my God! Ah! <gasps> oh my God! Wow. So this is Bret Hart's book. Don't so, you have that book already, though? No, I, I, it's in my Kindle. Oh, and it's, it's not my hard copy. Favorite, it's probably one of my favorite books. I read it three times now, and I never had the hardcover. And he describes his illustrations, but the Kindle doesn't have the illustrations. Wow. So, he, thank you, Brian. And he came across all these books. I think his cousin gave them to him. And he, I was like, oh my, oh my God, I'm so reading this again. Um, and you then have he, to, I, you have the hard copy, you have right? To I was like, he was like, no, you're not having that one because he's also a Bret Hart mark. And then, and then he actually gave it to me a little bit. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> this is so cool. Okay, now I'm about to text Brian book. right okay, now. So, I gotta remember the people that are listening. So Bret Hart's book, this is Sex, Lies, and Headlocks: The Real Story of Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation. That and I want to read, especially if you guys grew up in uh, Adam's. Oh Forever, my when it was god! Called WWF. Uh, is it? Is it? So I I don't know if you know this, but I'm like low key fascinated Dynamite by kid? Dynamite Kid. Yes, and oh. um, like literally, like like fascinated by him. Um, and yeah, so this is pure dynamite. The price you pay for wrestling stardom. Yeah, that, that book is probably gonna make you cry because he's been through some stuff. Ooh, this is gonna be good. Thank you, Brian H. Waters. I am very excited to add this to my collection. I'm gonna send you some of my books that I have, some books that I have. I love book swaps. Um, but yay. If, has anyone ever read any of these books? Do you think they're gonna be good? Dynamite's book. You know what book I want on hard copy? The Bella's uh, book. Oh, you don't have that? I don't I have hard did. copy. I only have it on my oh, phone. Oh, I ordered the um the autograph one. <laughs> oh, I mean, wasn't that ridiculous. yours? They autographed it. <laughs> they were doing like a little signing, and I was like, "That was during the pandemic when like I was burning money." Like we all were because we was getting them stimmies, and we were <laughs> like, "I was like, oh yeah, let me get this, let me get this." I was so proud of them, but I'm excited to talk about Miss Elizabeth. I'm excited to continue riding this TWG wave, our support. Like, we honestly cannot thank you all enough. The love is real. Yeah, let's take this. Love break. is super real, but we're going to take a quick, quick break. And then we're going to jump into this Miss Elizabeth tea because yes, she's going to get all these flowers. Hey everyone, it's me, Queen PR, one half of those wrestling girls, and I'm here to share some dope events that Krista B and I will be attending in the next few months. We're really excited to share. So on May 20th, you can find us in Richfield, New Jersey for the Invictus Pro Wrestling Show, Shane Taylor Productions versus TakeOver, you know, Jay Bougie and them, and the hype is real for these matches. You have to be there. Then Juneteenth weekend, Pretty Hills is hosting Black Wrestle Fest. There'll be wrestling, there'll be a panel, and you know, it'll be 
another family reunion. You know how we do. So we hope to see you there. Tickets and sponsorship information, blackwrestlefest.com. Then on August 20th, oh my God, we are so excited to share Jobber Slam 2 presented by the Jobber Tears podcast. Um, We'll go down in New York august 20th last year it was one of the most amazing wrestling shows i've ever been to so i really hope that you can make it and we are thinking about throwing a brunch day party in the month of october to celebrate our fourth anniversary so please stay tuned for that thank you for supporting those wrestling girls it's queen pr and i am out we did it Hi everyone, it's me, Queen PR, one half of those wrestling girls, and I'm here to remind you that I'm a proud brand ambassador for Birdie B, the clothing and lifestyle brand founded by WWE Hall of Famers Nikki and Brie Bella. And what I love most about the brand is that it's gender inclusive, it's body image positive, and there are a lot of unique pieces with new drops every Thursday. And I personally like to dress these pieces up and down for the gym, for brunch with the girls, for a day night out. You, there really is something for everyone. So make sure you post your outfits with Birdie B using the hashtag YourBirdieB and follow Birdie B on all platforms. There's always a sale going on, new drops every Thursday, and I hope to see your unique looks. Queen PR, Chris the B, those wrestling girls, TWG, Black Excellence, making it effortless, podcast bringing up women and wrestling, let's go. And we're back. So now we're going to jump right into Miss Elizabeth, but let me get into like the facts and we break myths and things like that about her. Um, P, what did you think of Miss Elizabeth? Like, who did you think she was? Like, when you first saw her, do you remember when you first saw her? Of course, we weren't born yet when, like, she was active. But, like, when you saw her, like, what were your first thoughts about Miss Elizabeth? I think the first time I saw her was probably when they did, like, recap, like, um, you know, flashbacks of stuff in the past. So I didn't really, like, I didn't know, like, as a kid growing up, as a wrestling fan, like, Miss Elizabeth's significance. I knew who she was, absolutely. I knew who Macho Man was. I always liked him. I always liked his voice. And I knew, like, who she was, but it never really registered, like, you know, how influential she ended up being. It wasn't until I got back into wrestling, like, around, like, 2013, 2014, when I got into, like, the network and and I watched all these, you know, documentaries and stuff. And that's when I was like, wow, like Miss Elizabeth was like the first lady of women's wrestling and the legacy of women's wrestling is very, you know, complicated, but she was kind of the first one who was presented in a very, you know, presentable way. Like she was acknowledged for her beauty. She was acknowledged for her grace. She was acknowledged, you know, and that was very appealing to me. And then realizing like, and I, you know, that's what our show's about is like, pointing out like how impactful like women are in like big storylines and sometimes they don't get like that due but like Miss Elizabeth does like she mm-hmm. was a part of a lot of amazing moments so when I kind of got reintroduced to her was when I kind of realized you know respected her but I just remember her being as a kid very beautiful very elegant and the way they edit her and Macho Man's dynamic is really beautiful but We'll get to we'll that. Get into but, it, yeah. yeah. What was so when did you first kind of discover the magic of Miss Elizabeth? When um she was sitting in a crowd and she was seeing how sensational Sherry was turning on Macho Man and she like ran out into the crowd and you know beat up sensational Sherry and like stood right next to Macho Man and the crowd was cheering and crying and you know and it was just like they're back together and you know, the real couple of WWF at the time and, and things like that. Um, and then it was just like, you would see her like little vignettes pop up every now and again or whatever the case may be like that. And then I really didn't hear about her again until sadly her passing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know she was in WW, WCW and then the whole NWO thing because I was a diehard WWE fan. Like I didn't care anything about WCW. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't care. But like, and then like to go back and to watch her beginnings in 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 um WWF that golden era you know WrestleMania time and all that stuff sitting next to Macho Man and then learning 
the truth in the sense, like watching, I believe there's a documentary on her or like how it really happened. Something, there's something on her and I watched um, and just learning about everything that she'd been through. Yeah. It was very traumatic and their relationship was. was very tumultuous. And, and being older now and, you know, having had our own life experiences as a female and us being in this wrestling space to hear some of the things that she has gone through. And it's like, you know, there's definitely like, and I'm glad Dark Side of the Ring covered the dark side of it because, and they titled it A Match Made in Heaven, but like- That's what it? it was I was watching then. Cause I was just like, I know it was something. <laughs> it was definitely Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, you know, was it A Match Made in Heaven? But so Miss Elizabeth um, met Macho Man in like the late seventies, I believe. And I think at a gym, and I was reading up on her. I didn't know that she was Miss Connecticut, Kentucky. I'm sorry. Um, which I can see because she's absolutely. I'm gonna gorgeous. say, how can she not be? Like she's gorgeous. Um, and she got into wrestling through Randy Savage, of course. And um, his father had a promotion, and she did a little bit of everything there. And it's funny because in Dark Side of the Ring, Macho Man talks about them meeting, and. You know, one story it's love at first sight. The other story, you know, it, it's it's not. You know, it's more like he kind of like, you know, kept pushing, kept pushing. pushing you know, yeah. I mean, you, I, I can see anyone falling in love with Miss Elizabeth at first sight. Like she was glamorous. Mm -hmm. um, and then she went with him to WWF at the time, and um, they wanted to give Randy Savage a manager and he was like, why not my wife? And well, they weren't mad at the time, but like, and then everyone saw her and it was like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to do it. The thing about them is though, like at first we think, oh, from outside looking at we think, oh, it's so sweet. Like he wants her near his side through all of this. Mm -hmm. And then come to find out there was some control issues. Absolutely. There was 100%. some, there was some abuse issues. Like, that's like a, a controlled mental abuse situation. Oh, for sure, for sure. There was definitely insinuations that he was controlling. He was maybe not physically abusive, but there's a lot of other ways men can control women in their lives than being like physical. Yeah. And so it's like this fine line because you do want to protect her because she's in this like crazy... Uh, I can't only imagine locker rooms back then, especially like in the 80s. It's just in the giving, 90s. It's grossness. Disgust. Like smells and and just the way women were treated. And I I and I'm sure, of course, he loved her very much. And I'm sure like in his mind he thought he was protecting her by keeping her in the cage. And I remember Hulk Hogan's wife talking about how she felt very stifled, she felt very trapped and suffocated. And you know, in your mind, it's like I'm trying to protect you, but it's also like I, you know, did she have free will? Right. I was listening to all these YouTube channels, you know, doing things about her, about how when she wasn't on the road with him, how he would put a certain amount of TV dinners in the fridge of how many days he was going to be gone so she didn't have to leave the house for any reason and all these crazy things. And that's when, it, you know, like you said, it's like, okay, that's when it gets towards abuse. Where that's it's like, control. why, yeah, like, why are you controlling, like, my every move? Um, but they debuted in August 24th, 1985, which is crazy. And she was a phenomenon. They, they're, they, her and Macho Man were the perfect, I hate to keep using these words because we're talking about the kind of the other underbelly of it all, but, um, he was this, you know, wild, you know, like crazy, you don't, you know, unex you don't know what he's going to do. Can you have type? Not at all. You don't even understand his promos half the time. You just know that he's yelling and it sounds good. He's going to be intense. Right. He didn't even know what he was saying in half those promos. He was just like, I was just talking. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, now you look at it. We can tell. You, we can tell you were just can talking. definitely tell you were just talking. And she was just the quiet, demure, you know, Miss Elizabeth. And, and okay. So, like I said earlier, when they edit... The, they to make, the they magic to make of Miss Elizabeth. Perfect. They make their dynamic look like it was just this like beautiful partnership, and they were at each other's side. And but he was very much 
giving abusive and aggressive. I was watching clips of like him hitting her over the head with flowers and like talking to her crazy and like, you know, ordering her around. Like, and this is the gimmick. Like, this is on TV. Like, this is in interviews. And, um, and it's very much, and I understand that it was supposed to be like Macho Man the Heel and sort of Miss Elizabeth the face ultimately making them both faces because everybody loved them so much, but he was horrible to her and people at first didn't, you know, didn't really like it, but like different times, I guess. But then when you know what was going on backstage, it's like, Hmm. Like is part this... of it is real. What part of it is not right. Exactly. It makes you do that eyebrow. It makes you raise a couple of eyebrows and it's just like, my thing is that, and it's, it sucks because Every for every female that was back there during that time, there had to been about like five to ten guys. Yeah, maybe even more. Or maybe even more. So you had Miss Elizabeth, you had Sensation Sherry, you had um woman, aka Nancy Benoit. Mm-hmm. You had and these were like just managers, not not even like not even like the women wrestlers like um Wendy Richter and and you know Moolah was there too, I guess, whatever. Um like you didn't have those, so for all of that to happen to her or go through all of that, and it's not much that she could have done, and it's not it wasn't much of a support system because all of the guys like they can probably say something, right? But they're really not going to overstep their boundaries when it right. comes down to a man and woman's relationship. Mm-hmm. I've seen where it's just like, oh, you know, well that's their business. That's that's yep. what they go through. That's none of my business. Or he's Lay doing hands the right on, but that's thing. none of my business. He's protecting his woman. You know, mm-hmm. he's making sure, like, keeping her locked in the locker room. And I hate to keep talking about Hulk Hogan's wife, but in Dark Side of the Ring, and I think her perspective is interesting because they were kind of like the counterpart. There weren't many people because you had Hulk Hogan, you had Macho Man, and they were the wives of the top guys in the business. So it's like, who mm-hmm. else you can relate to? And I remember Linda talking about how most a lot of times like her and Miss Elizabeth were the only women in the, at, at all. Yeah. So it's like, and he, and she would say like how she would be in the locker room by herself. He would keep her in there. And it's like, you know, when you use phrasing, like keep her in the room and it, it like, it gets like really like, hmm, like was this her choice? Like, or literally she couldn't leave the room. Like it's one of those things. I also read a rumor where he made her rehearse going in and out of the ring because she would wear like these beautiful dresses that were a little tight or a little short and he would make sure like you know nothing slipped nothing slipped you couldn't see anything you know wouldn't compromise her and like you know when you hear that it's like okay that's really sweet and then it makes you think like how wild things got in the attitude where it's like okay I'm making you rehearse this so we don't see your panties and then fast forward 15 years later we're gonna have brawn panty matches we're gonna have Triple H telling a girl to show her boobs. Yo, I don't know if I was in my 20s during the Attitude Era, what would we would be doing? Like, I don't know. To be honest, if we were in our 20s, 20s. I was wild. To to be honest, (laughs) if we were in our 20s during the Attitude Era, and we were like diehard fans, because you know, we all was in that stage where you were watching it. Right. One of two things. We were probably ordering pay-per-view, Playboy after that. Mm-hmm. Or in the yellow pages looking for a quick hookup. <laughs> it. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be honest. That's just what it was. And I would if like I'm really like, okay, if Triple H asked me, I don't know how we got on this topic, but if Triple H Triple H asked me to lift my shirt up, like would I would I do it? Not me. <laughs> he was he wasn't really my cup of tea until he came back from his uh from his leg injury. Oh, with the leather jacket. And leather everybody jacket. went ape shit. Okay. Yeah, that was an amazing night. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so I do like that um Miss Elizabeth did work in wrestling. Like she yeah. wasn't just a valet, like she was a ring announcer, she was a manager, like she was involved in a lot of things. Like you said before, she was the catalyst in a lot of feuds. She managed a lot of people more than Macho Man. Um, which I and of course, you know, Hulk Hogan and you know the the mega powers, you know, we have to talk about we have to talk, we have about, to talk that, about the mega powers that, because that it's just like yeah. I mean, that's just like epic wrestling history lore. Like we have to go there. This is why I miss WWE network because oh, I would really want to go back and watch that like right now. Me too. I mean, you can, 
but it's hard to find. It's not easy to search. Like, oh, Peacock is the worst. But that was a, that was one of those things. And it was like long-term planning, like a year out. Like, it was like, okay, this is what we want. This at WrestleMania. So we're going to start setting this up. So at this time, like Randy Savage, Macho Man, Hulk, uh, Randy Savage and Macho Man, <laughs> Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, he's already Hulk Hogan, whatever. Now Macho Man's becoming a face. They, every, everybody loves him. So now it's like, okay, it's time to get him out of the Intercontinental Championship picture. Let's get him up there with Hulk Hogan. And what better way to do that than with Miss Elizabeth? And Miss Elizabeth and Hulk Hogan had a friendly relationship. I think everyone had the utmost respect for her. So, and Randy Savage was very jealous. And he thought everyone had eyes for Miss Elizabeth. I wish I could do his voice and how he was accusing Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, and the the um the vignette thing. Yes, like I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> really paranoid. So they were and they were a tag team. They were a dominating tag team, as you can imagine. And Miss Elizabeth was their valet, and she was trying to give attention to her other, you know, client Hulk Hogan just as much as you know her you know, macho man. And, you know, he didn't like that. And then there was a match they were having and Miss Elizabeth got hurt and Hulk Hogan actually left the match to attend to her. And macho man stayed in the ring. And then afterward, that's when it just got real. It just got real. It got super real. And it was just like, so it turned from that. And Hulk was just like, no. And this, y'all, I want y'all to know right now, this is probably the only time in life well, I would stand up for Hulk Hogan, okay? So we just going to play that up right now. But Hulk was just like, no, it's not like that. She was hurt. I saw that she was hurt and you was busy in the match and, you know, you had everything under control. So I was just trying to make sure she was okay because not only does she manage you, she manages me. I don't want her. I don't see her that way. She's so, she's this, she's that. She, you know, but she's a part of our team. Macho Man was not trying to hear. He wasn't trying to hear none of that. He said, I knew it. Like, he just knew. And then you have poor little Miss Elizabeth, like, because, oh <laughs> you know, she's like the helpless damsel in distress type of character. And we looked, a lot of girls looked up to her. Like, when mm-hmm. they, when I watch a lot of, like, especially female wrestlers, because again, like, there were not female wrestlers. She was just to look so up poised. To. It was, so she classy. was, right? Like, she was the female to look up to. And she was always, you know, fabulously dressed and carried herself very well. And all that rehearsing, getting out of the ring worked because it was very polished. It was very, you know, she looked very dainty. And like, wrestling back then, especially in the 80s, you had like these big muscle, like, everybody yelling and screaming and spinning and sweaty and all this and then you just have miss elizabeth and like this angel light and it was like she's the, i don't know i don't know if you watched Encanto, and you've never seen Encanto. okay i need you to get somebody's disney plus subscription anyway okay. <laughs> and it's just like she's like the she was like the isabella so isabella mm-hmm. and Encanto, she's the one who like grows the flowers and she's just so dainty and everybody loves her everybody's drawn to her so Miss Elizabeth would be today's Isabella of Encanto. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. so everybody loved her. Everybody appreciated her. And then I just feel like not even like in the height of Golden Era, Miss Elizabeth was attacked by snakes during the wedding between her and oh, her. <laughs> she opened that box and it was a wrap. It was a wrap. She was attacked by snakes. Like, she literally endured and withstand kind of everything. And I feel like the icing on the cake, and that's when people were just, like, really upset, was when Randy Savage turned on Miss Elizabeth and went with mm, Sherry. And I then love... it was just, like, she, the way that they played it, they played it as if, you know, she was always going to come as a regular audience member. Yeah. Like, yep. It, it, people were irate that they didn't see Miss Elizabeth upset the dancey Miss Elizabeth, yeah. and I'm just like, yo, yeah, I need. And me watching it, not me rewatching stuff like like clips and stuff like what, like, <laughs> and I know. can only imagine how emotionally invested people were at this time. And I, oh, I kind of envy people that grew up 
watch a wrestling match at that time because it was so much easier to suspend disbelief mm-hmm. or whatever the phrase is because there was no social media. There were no, there were dirt sheets, but it wasn't like that. And you wanted to be Surprise. mystified. You mm-hmm. wanted to be like, okay, this is like, you know, so Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man to people were like, you know, it was in their hearts. People loved Miss Elizabeth. So to see Macho Man, you know, when he used to treat her like shit and now it's like you turned your back on her and now as Sensational Sherry, if Miss Elizabeth was the angel glowing, Sensational Sherry or Scary Sherry, whatever you want to call her, was like on the other extreme of that. I don't want to say devil, but she was the dark. She was the devil. <laughs> it was like, it was, you mean you gotta call it what it is. It was like the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the next shoulder. Right. It was the that. devil all about fun and play and no consequences. Yeah. And she, she's very, the angel's like, very concerned, very meticulous, very yeah. aware. Like, you know, this is good. This is bad. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. Polar opposites. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, that was a magical moment. I think everyone knows that moment more than anything, even if they were born 10 years ago or 50 years ago, they remember that moment when Sherry turned on Macho Man and uh, Miss Elizabeth got up out of her seat and she ran in that ring and she put the beats on um, Sensational Sherry and got back with Macho Man. And there are people, grown people, kids in the crowd crying. Like you would have thought their parents got back together. That's how much people valued this couple. And the crazy thing is... So not long after this, they get back together in kayfabe where when they were on, this is when the golden era of WWF where, you know, things were on fire. These were the 80s. Like the storylines were like really dope Um, and long term and everything like that. Um, So not long after this moment, they get married. So at this time, their marriage is actually like on the rocks. Like they're, you know, because no one knew that they were married in real life. Mm -hmm. Like that was you know, their real life or whatever. Um, and then they have this wedding, this, you know, wrestling wedding, and which kicks off wrestling weddings. We should definitely do a wrestling wedding episode. Maybe for Patreon, that would be really cool because there's a lot. We could do like a watch along or something. But anyway. True. Um, I, just, I just named three in my head. I'm like, there's so many and they're always like epic in their own way. Um, and I think it kicked off with Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. I feel like we didn't really, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like after that wrestling wedding, I don't think there was really a, a monumental one than the Tess, Stephanie, Triple H. 100%. Wedding. I, I, I remember like, that. I had a that's when I realized, like, life. watching the grown age, we was promoting um, date rape. Date rape. We were. You we know, we ain't were. shit. Attitude fucked us we up. Absolutely were. That's it. Uh, we definitely watched on a Titan Tron as um, someone sweet. married a unconscious woman um, and insinuated on... Anyway, but <laughs> Miss Elizabeth's wedding was magical and it was supposed to be really beautiful and it was very romantic and she looked gorgeous. And it's one of those moments, I think, as a wrestler, well, at least a WWF wrestling fan or even a wrestling fan in general that you just just know of and you're just going to remember. True. So then, like, Golden Era started to, like, dwindle down. Mm -hmm. Attitude Era was starting to come about. Macho Man left. Miss Elizabeth left. Their marriage did not last. Um, They got divorced. And then it just went to, like... Everybody just jumping ship, going to WCW, and everybody was a part of NWO. And then Miss Elizabeth meets Lex Lex Luger. Well, she already knew probably knew Lex Luger in WWF, but then, mm-hmm. and it just yeah. didn't it just didn't go well. I um, it's funny because when we put out our question about Miss Elizabeth, we, what we should mention, a lot of people liked her time in NWO. Now, I never watched a lot of Nitro. Or like you said, WCW, we are diehard WWE fans. And there was something like very like out of place for me when I see clips of Miss Elizabeth in NWO or even in WCW, because WWE is so good at that, like framing your now na- like your mind about who someone is. And mm-hmm. she was so like, you know, Miss Elizabeth, like she's this demure, royal, regal type person who doesn't get her hands dirty, who doesn't, you know, curse or like yell and she's soft spoken and, you know, demure. And then seeing her in like WCW, like not in that context, like wearing t-shirts and like 
It was cut up, you know, not as, yeah, she was not as poised and, you know, and I, and, you know, later on, you know, like, you know, she was going through a lot of of stuff. Um, But I never really, I never really liked it, never really connected with me. Some people do like her work in NWO and stuff like that. She was getting in the mix. Um, Did you see any of her in in WCW? Did you even know? (laughs) I didn't. Um. Around that time, so around that time, WCW, my friends uh, were watching WCW, and I don't even think them watching it, her name was brought up, because around that time, it was always the four who came from, the four, Eddie, Chris, Dean, and Perry. Like, it was always those four. You had Goldberg, then you had Sting, then, of course, you had NWO, Nash, Hall, did what they did, Hogan joined, then you had like all these basketball stars, Robman and all everybody, like everybody who's everybody was a part of NWO. Like it wasn't even nothing exclusive yeah, about it. After, yeah, after a while, it just got that way. And then you add Miss Elizabeth, which seems so random, but she did debut at a Clash of Champions, which, you know, in 96, like that's, you know, if you're going to debut, I mean, Clash of right. Champions. WCW, that's a pretty dope thing to do. Managing Randy Savage and Macho, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep fucking saying that, um, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. So it was reminiscent of, you know, what, what happened, what we know of her in WWF, but it wasn't. It wasn't Hulk the Hogan, same. they're both heels at this time. Um, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, I guess that was different. And then you have this different Miss Elizabeth. So um, I would love for you guys to let us know some of your favorite Miss Elizabeth moments in, in WCW because they are people that listen to our podcast that, that were WCW heads. Um, but I would love to know. But I can't connect with her in, in at watching Nitro. It just doesn't, it doesn't. It, just it doesn't, doesn't sit well. Like it kind of breaks that facade of yeah. It you know it just right. doesn't. But she did have a hard time when she got to WCW. Um, but before we get into you know sort of the tragic end of her death, I do want to talk about something that I I I know people talk about it, but I just want to talk about it some more. And that is her fashion and her style, her fits were like oh my god. I'm going to find. I think what I'm going to do when we post this episode is find all of my favorite Miss Elizabeth outfits because it was a different time. There aren't a lot of photos, but her dresses and her makeup always looked. Even her casual wear, like when she jumped in the ring that day, she had like a long type cardigan or like a a pullover sweater. Yeah. Some skinny pants. Yeah. Like she was, she killed it. Her accessories, Mm. her hair, her makeup, the tailor, whoever tailored her dresses, like, you know, they made sure Miss Elizabeth looked. She was on point. On point every time. I've never seen her not understand the assignment in WWF, E, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I just have to put that out there. Like, it, it, I, I look back at some of her outfits and I also really like 80s fashion because I like the prints and like the colors. And I love the she, prints and the colors. The poofy, mm, not no, yeah, no, the poofy, but no. the prints but, and the colors. Oh, so it's a lot of things that she wears. I'm just like, oh my God, that's so cute. I came across these photos of her um, in the gym and she had on like these like you know, gym shorts with like the sports bra and it was like this purple print with like some Reeboks, I think. And I was like, oh, God, girl. Mm. So yeah, she was very, I just had to take a moment and talk about her style. If you guys have any, because I know a lot of our listeners, you know, they they have photos, random photos and stuff like that. Please share these Miss Elizabeth photos. If you've ever been to a live show back in the day, and seeing Miss Elizabeth live, we would love to know what it was like to see her live. Just because that magic, I can just like, that's why I wanted to call this the magic of Miss Elizabeth because she really brought something to the presentation of wrestling at that time, but also to Macho Man, who is probably one of the best, most famous wrestlers in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would have gotten there with his character without Miss Elizabeth. What do you think? I agree. I agree. Um... Not to keep bringing it up, but it was just sad. Like, dude, they they faltered in real life. They had to shift and break in wrestling world. And then Miss Elizabeth is tied to Lex Luger. And it just goes downhill from there. 
uh, drugs, alcohol addiction is heavy as real. And she was trying to maintain and handle it. But, you know, in this business, when, you know, you're overwhelmed and you can't seem to, you already know, like, you kind of in a messed up place with your job when the storylines don't make sense or you know, your contracts are not this, what it was or what, what you was promised. So you, with the money that you do have, you're going to turn to something, you're going to turn to your advice. Everybody has their vices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely true. And I was really baffled by the fact that although Lex Luger was accused, and maybe you guys can correct me on this or whatever, um, although he was accused, it was like, and, and blamed essentially for her death because they were together and she yeah. died of a drug overdose. And in his house, beloved. Right. Everybody was just like, you know, of course he repented. He's a priest, a preacher, a priest. Of, he's in the church now. Um, yeah, he's also been through a lot. He's been through a lot. Um, and he's so unrecognizable. Yeah. He's so unrecognizable. Like, you wrestlers don't you wouldn't even know from about that him. age. Yeah, wrestlers from that time, unfortunately, most of them died young. Most of them are not doing well now. And Miss Elizabeth was one of those people. She was a product of that environment at the time. You know, Lex Luger definitely is very regretful of just his whole time with her because it was a lot of drug use. I was reading up and he was, they were both actually married at the time that they got together. And yeah, they were in different relationships. Yeah. yeah, and they left their partners for each other. And it was, it sounds like it was a pretty toxic situation on both their parts. And to think that this poor, you know, a hundred pound female was doing just as much drugs as Lex Luger, who was like a wrestler, like probably like two, one ninety, yeah, two something is terrifying and you know for somebody that was so beloved in wrestling like we talked about the magic of her and how she glowed and how a lot of little girls looked up to her who liked wrestling because there were no other females to look up to at the time um and then to hear that her life came you know to end at just 42 42 you know that's you know now that i'm i'm 32 my sister one of my sisters is about to be 50 you know, it's still so relatively young. It's very young. Like no one should be losing their lives at 42. And and sadly, a lot of wrestlers died young at that came from that era. And she was just one of those casualties. Right. But I feel like although we don't have her in the present with her with us, I feel like her and Randy are set in such a better place yeah. up and up heavens They're above. Together. They're together, they're happy. You know, um, and she just and her sensation is Sherry, they over here starting on everybody. Okay. Yes, yes. Like when it's my turn to go, you know, hundreds of years from now, <laughs> I'm gonna go to the wrestling club over and there. Meet up with everybody. You gonna meet up with everybody? Like, hey y'all, what's up? <laughs> How you been? How you doing? Maintaining living life? Yeah. No, but um what I feel you- like go ahead. Uh, I, I want to know now, being that we're 32, we are women's wrestling fans now. It's 2022 recording this, and we have now been women in the wrestling space. Like we're at, we work in it. We're we're you know respected in this realm. How what is Miss Elizabeth's legacy now? I was just about to answer that. So you, yeah. you're my you're my head. So you're my head. Yeah. Um, I just feel like Miss Elizabeth legacy is definitely filled with a lot of poise. Mm. Poise, sorry, with a lot of respect, a lot of regard. You know, like you can never sit here, even though she went through something tragic and it ended so tragically, her life ended so tragically, you can never sit here and have when she mentioned Miss Elizabeth's name, have anything bad to say. That's true. Her legacy will forever be the main, the main one, the main manager, the main valet, the one that everybody would, that just literally walked into the place with style and grace. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's just it. Like, that's if, the epitome of, of Miss She's the epitome. Like, if we would mention somebody like Sunny, we can, we can, exactly. <laughs> She's just one of the people that you cannot, Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth is just one of the people that you cannot say anything bad about. Yeah. Like, so her legacy will forever live on in this business as 
the way maker. She paved the way. Mm-hmm. She's literally the epitome of what women, of the growth of what women, you know, have succeeded. And I feel like if she was here today to watch these women of today, mm-hmm. ooh, child. <laughs> I was so happy. Right. I don't even, it's funny because I was just thinking, like, was she getting the ring? And I'm like, Machima would have never let in her take bumps or anything like that. He would, uh, absolutely not. I'm sure if they even thought about it, he was probably like, no. Like, well, she did she take bumps. Alive, but I don't think, if, I was like, would he let her train as a wrestler? I doubt it. If she was alive now, she probably would have been well off and like, she passed away. She probably been like in her 60s right now. Yeah. So, She's not, I mean, never say never. We had we had uh May Young going off the tables and dating moms that like and told people do not take it easy on me. Mm-hmm. The Dudley. I will be upset if you take it easy on me. And oh, I, I'm glad we're doing the golden era because we could do Moolah, we can do May Young. I don't Young. Wanna do Moolah. Okay. I was gonna do like a you know, I mean, we have to essentially. We do have to. We'll, say, well, well we feel well, like it. We feel like it. But I do want to do Mae Young because she's fun and I heard good things about her. But uh, about Miss Elizabeth, I think her lasting legacy is basically everything that you said. I think um, for little girls, because I I just think about female wrestling fans. Like if it's if we feel like we're far in, in you know where it's not a lot of us now. Imagine what it was back then and how there was no community or anything like that. So to look up to Miss Elizabeth, I think was so special at that time. What's that sound? I don't know. Um, well, probably because um, I was looking at the notes in my phone. My phone was probably oh, reacting to the mic. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think um, I think her legacy is, you know, being the first lady of wrestling and, you know, being a part of what my, what made Macho Man special, in my opinion, and her style and her fashion, the way she carries herself. I think females in wrestling are always going to take something from that. And I'm glad that we finally got to cover her because, you know, she she's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Oh, I do want to, I'm so sorry. I know we're like winding down, but I want to mention some of, and we didn't mention like the Hulk, the Ric Flair and Macho Man feud, but we're going to start doing after show. So we're going to get to that, but she managed the following wrestlers, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Eric Bischoff, Scott Hall, Lex Luger, Chris Benoit, Sting, Dusty Rhodes, Brutus Beefcake, and the factions that she was affiliated with, the Mega Powers, of course, Four Horsemen, NWO, Millionaires Club, and she was always considered the first lady of wrestling. And That's I just it. think it's so cool. She's always known for, like, you know, the Mega Powers, but she was out here. She out here. <laughs> just like she she was out here, PR, not myself. We're outside. We outside. We outside. We outside. Let's, um, I wanted a plug some events since we're going to be outside and then I'm done. I promise. <laughs> we'll see. So you mentioned your event May 28th in Brooklyn. I'm so excited for that. Um, your brunch and panel. And then next Friday, well, Friday, by the time this comes out, Invictus Pro, I know you've been hearing about it, guys. And TakeOver versus Shane Taylor Productions is going to be amazing. It's going to be bananas. It's going to be It bananas. is definitely, I think the Jay Bougie and Rev um, feud is probably like the feud of the year already. Like it's all everyone's talking about. It became Crocs versus ring light conversation, but yeah, be there. Uh, we actually having a flash sale mm-hmm. right now. So all tickets are $25. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, and then Juneteenth weekend, uh, pretty Hills is throwing uh black Russell fest. There's going to be a panel. There's going to be a Brunch. There's going to be a, a lot of fun things in Brooklyn as well. And then August 19th is Black Girl Magic, followed by Java Slam the next day in Brooklyn as well. It's it's going to be a fun summer. So if you're in the New York, New Jersey area. Oh, in July 25th, we're going to be at Monday Night Raw, Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Yay. Oh, and I will be at, um, well, hopefully you too, Krista. I will be at SummerSlam. So if you're going to be there, let me check for you. Well, check in with us, tap in with us. You know, we love you guys. We love to hear from you guys. We love to see you guys in person. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, those wrestling girls. Subscribe to our YouTube and our Patreon. Make sure you buy tickets to my event because you don't want to miss out. It's going to be a lit situation. Food, drinks, good conversations. Again, everything on 
um, Black-owned businesses, Black women supporting Black women. It's just going to be a phenomenal time. Um, make sure you follow me, Miss underscore Krista B underscore on Instagram, Miss underscore Krista B on Twitter. Make sure you follow my business pages, Unapologetically Eclectic, on all streaming platforms, all social media platforms. And you can follow me on everything at Queen three underscores PR and follow uh, Jersey Indie because I started blogging for them again. So you'll see weekly blogs about all type of stuff, a lot of wrestling stuff, but also like life stuff, which is really good. It's fun to have an outlet journal, right, guys? It's it's very helpful for your mental health. But um, but yeah, that's where to find me. Um, I want to do. I want to celebrate our fourth anniversary Comic Con weekend in New York. So maybe like October 9th ish. So keep that date open. Um, it's a great reason to come to New York. So stay tuned for more details. And on that note, it's your girl Krista B and Queen PR. We're out of here. Bye. are one half of those wrestling girls and our friends over at Ripple Junction want us to remind you that all of our favorite designs including this Roy's Boar shirt have gotten relaunched in new designs and a variety of new colors and you can get a t-shirt for all your favorite fandoms whether it's The Office, your favorite movies, your favorite brands there's everything over at Ripple Junction and don't forget to use the code Those Wrestling Girls to save 15% off so what are you waiting for? Go on Ripple Junction, use those codes Those Wrestling Girls and post your shirt on social media and tag Ripple Junction. Hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Krista B, one half of those wrestling girls, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode. Remember, new episodes drop every other Monday, so please make sure that you follow us on all social media platforms. On that note, it's your girl Krista B, and I'm out.